Welcome once again to the Bible Idiots Podcast. I'm Emily Danielson. This is the teaching home of former syndicated national radio show host, filmmaker, screenwriter, author, and my husband, Mr. Bible Idiot himself, Chris Danielson. When you travel the world with someone like Chris, you get to know very quickly he does almost everything wide open and in a rhythm of life. Today, Chris uses Romans 5 as a foundational text to jumpstart a devotional message about how to identify and use specific rhythms of discipleship in your everyday life. He teaches us today that a little intentionality added to what we are already doing can make a huge impact on our lives and for Christ's kingdom. Here's Chris from the main sanctuary room at Fresh Encounter Church in Harlan, Iowa, with his devotional message, Six Rhythms of Discipleship. Well, today we're going to get into Romans chapter 5. But before we get into Romans chapter 5, I want to share with you something that I learned years ago. And I do not know who thought of this or, you know, I can't credit this. But it's true. I feel the same way, brother. <laughs> no. I love Kevin's <laughs> No, no. I love Kevin's prayer about there are a lot of churches where there is no noise like that. Think about that. And so speaking to a full room and having kids with us, it's, it's, it's all good. Everybody's going to be good. Did you hear me? Everybody's going to be good. <laughs> okay, today we're going to start out with what I call the four levels of consciousness. No, I didn't write this, just so, just so we're clear. Somebody, somebody smarter than me wrote this. But when I learned this 20 years ago, it changed my perspective on a lot of things. This is not even spiritual. This is psychological. And I believe it to be true, okay? You go to learn something new. I don't care what it is. It doesn't matter what it is. You will go through four levels, four stages, okay? The first stage is that you are unconsciously incompetent. You don't even know what you don't know, okay? Then you become consciously incompetent, you realize, hey, I don't know. There are a lot of people in their walk with Christ that are at level two. They are consciously incompetent. They know they don't know, and that makes them feel uncomfortable. Now, when you know you don't know, and you're going to do a job, you're going to uh, going on a date, or for some guys, the first time they're going to go talk to a girl, they realize they are consciously incompetent. They don't know what they're going to do. And then we get to level three. You become consciously competent. You realize you know what to do, but you've got to think it through. You've got to work at it. You've got to struggle. You've got, you've got to think before you act. And then the fourth level is you become unconsciously competent. When you are unconsciously competent, that's when things like muscle memory come into play. Now, I've been making coffee every day for many, 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 many years. And because of the son-in-law I have, I grind beans every morning. My son-in-law is like a coffee guru, okay? He got the big job in Scottsdale. He's the head coffee guy in a $5 billion a year company. And 
So we grind our own beans every morning. Now, when we have a kitchen where I'm grinding the beans and I go and I don't know about y'all, but when I'm done with the coffee, I just shut the coffee pot off and wait till tomorrow, right? So I've got the grounds from yesterday still in there. So it's early. I'm tired. First thing I do is make coffee. And this thing actually has a timer. I could have the coffee ready for me, but then that means I'd have to have another task to do before I go to bed, so that ain't happening. But muscle memory, I would just take the thing out, dump it, fill the water out of the fridge, put it in there, and, and hit go, hit the grinder, and it's just not even thinking about it. I'm unconsciously competent. Now, I had to go backwards when I came to Iowa. The garbage can ain't in the same spot. The coffee's in a different drawer. So now I'm consciously competent in making coffee every morning. And so I have to then think it through. But we are getting closer and closer and closer to me being unconsciously competent where it's just muscle memory. When you are unconsciously competent, you think you can do more than you can actually do. There's a spot where most of you think you're unconsciously competent. And that is driving. After you've got 10, 20,000 miles on you, you think you got her down. If you're really slow in the left lane, go back to consciously competent for all of us, please. <laughs> but that's why you can tune the radio, eat a cheeseburger. You know, some people think they can text because they're so unconsciously competent driving. It's just muscle memory. Do you have to stop and think, open car door, sit down, put in key, or set key fob down, push button? No, you just do these things. In fact, if you've been driving your car for longer than a year, if it starts to rain, you probably don't even look for where the wipers are. You probably just reach and turn on the wipers. Is, does that make sense? Now, in the Christian journey, we have the same kind of thing when it comes to Bible knowledge and, and writing God's word on your heart. And that's why we do memory verses, and that's why we do these things. And then so we go through these four levels of consciousness. And in this world, I want to teach you today briefly the six rhythms to walk in, the six rhythms of discipleships, the six uh, rhythms to walk your life with Christ. And we're going to start with a passage in Romans. And this passage in Romans is kind of going to be our foundation. We're not exegeting the text today, but I want to use it as a foundation. Are you ready? We're going to start in chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. I'm going to read in Jesus' name. Romans chapter 5. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, let these be your words to your children. Strengthen us now for such a time as this. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. I'm gonna share with you six rhythms today. I also did not write this, and I don't know who did. I'd love to credit them because I have found it to be very important, and if you can grab these six things. I, I told Claire earlier in the week, I said, we're not gonna do fill in the blank. Let them just have them. And we can just absorb these together. So if you have your sermon notes, you know what's coming. This is, not, this is not a secret. But it's a rhythm. It's not a checklist. Get the checklist clipboard thing out of your mind as you're walking with Jesus right now today for this day. 
because there's a place and time for checklists, but there's also a place and time to become unconsciously competent in the rhythms of discipleship, in the rhythms of walking out your faith. And no one ever explained this to me before until I found this about five years ago, and it really helped me, and I'm hoping it'll really help you. Point number one of the six rhythms, the first rhythm, is know the story. Know God's word as a story, and then likewise, know more stories of the people around you. When we sent out the email earlier this week, and it said about the coffee with Chris, you can come and get to know me, that was mistyped, okay? The whole point of having coffee with me is so I get to know your story. Y'all can get to know me whenever you want. I'm fine with that. But I want to get to know you. That's what the connection cards are for. We're starting this journey, and I'm now starting to look at a connection card, see a name, and picture a person in my head, and I'm right. I'm going from consciously incompetent about all of your names and identity to consciously competent. But there are some of you that I've hung out with enough now that I am unconsciously competent. I look across, I can see Brad back there, I can see Kevin over here, I can see Gavin there. I mean, you see, there's Jimmy Boy sitting next to Clayton. I know some unconsciously competent identities. You follow? But I don't know y'all. And I want to get to know you. My calling, my vocation, what God has asked me to do is to be your shepherd, which means I am required by God to uh, to feed you good spiritual food. That's what I'm trying to do. So get a hold of me. Let's sit down. I want to know your story. To know God's word as a story, you start with the immersion in the word of God. What is meant by knowing the Bible as a story? God's story. Well, it starts with what's being actually told to us and what is actually said. Let me say that again. Hearing, seeing, understanding what is being told to us versus just knowing what is being said. A lot of times we can quote what the scriptures say, but we don't understand what is actually being said. And there's so much of the scriptures that's just plain and self-evident that anybody can read it. But then there are some deeper meanings that come out of the culture. That's why we come to church. That's why we go to Bible study. That's why we look up things. We have so much stuff at our fingertips than we didn't have even 25, 30 years ago when I went to seminary. Man, I tell you, I would have loved to have the internet when I went to seminary. Yes, I went to seminary before the internet. The interweb. The information superhighway. I had a word processor that had spell check, and I thought that I was Bill Gates, man. So there is so much more to the story that God wants us to know that transcends simple checklist Bible study. And a person living life with a discipleship rhythm will gravitate to the word on a daily basis. You can't help it. You want to know the underlying theme to each story as well. And so the key to an authentic discipleship in Jesus, getting to that unconsciously competent where you're just flowing with the Lord is to know his story. And we need to know each other's story deeply enough also to apply the gospel in our lives. Number two is celebrate. Join the celebration of others' lives. There's birthdays, anniversaries, careers, and and, and victories in life that are going on. And living life is a celebration rhythm. We all do it whether we know it or not. Think about the holidays that are coming up. Apparently, Walmart wants me to hold a turkey, okay, in one hand, a Christmas tree in the other while dressed in a Halloween costume. I don't know how that works out, but 
But there are holidays coming, and you know there's birthdays and anniversaries. Facebook reminds us of birthdays all the time, graduations. And here's the thing. As a born-again Christian, I'm going to challenge you. Be the bringers of the better wine. And that's a, that's a metaphor. Throw the best parties. The church should be the most celebratory people on the planet. We get to live forever. Jesus is going to present us before God as if we're perfect. And I'm looking at y'all. You ain't perfect. Neither am I. Number three is listen. Pay attention to others and their story. The rhythm of listening. We're always listening to someone. Are we listening to God? You know, we, we need to listen backwards through God's word, and then we need to listen forward through the Holy Spirit. Like my prayer times are sometimes just lifted up to the Lord, my checklist, telling God what to do, then shoot off into the day. But to cultivate a rhythm of listening to God and in community is how you get to know people's stories. That's how you get to know people's stories is by listening. Then it's bless. When this rhythm of bless, intentionally through words, actions, and gifts. The Spirit reveals to you people you could bless. What if you just took a number, I don't know, three? Three people you're going to try to bless this week. Imagine a community where people are trying to bless someone in an intentional way. It'll transform your place. What if your blessing didn't cost you a dime and all it was was just your attitude? Just how you wanted to compliment people, how you wanted to talk to people. Whenever you are in a checkout line, do this. and I'm, I'm just challenging you because it'll make your life a little bit better. Just a little bit. If you are in a checkout line at whatever store, fill in the blank, and the, and the person checking you out has done something to their nails, to their hair, maybe their makeup is a little thick or something, where their hair is colored, it doesn't matter what it is. Find a way to like it and then tell them that you like it. And watch their face change. I really like what you, that hair is so cool. Just a little blessing. Do you think someone will do their nails all up and be this long, have their hair, you know, which took like a team of specialists 30 hours to braid? Do you think they want nobody to notice? And do you think by noticing and just giving a little compliment that that's not a blessing? It's just being a little bit intentional is all it is. Point number five is eat. Eat with others often. You're like, Chris, we, we're looking at you. We can see you eat. I mean, talk about moving from additional thing in your life to just being intentional with what you already do. You already eat 21 times a week. What if you were to have a few meals with people just because? What if brothers and sisters of the community, you could just be present with them and break bread with them? Jesus says that that's a holy thing. And he would break bread with sinners, wouldn't he? Well, what about Paul 
when he compares, you know, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 5.11, don't even eat with some of them. And yet in Luke 15, 1 through 10, Jesus is eating with sinners and encouraging us all to eat with them. What's the difference? Well, the difference is, in 1 Corinthians, Paul is saying that there are people who bear the name of a believer, but are totally against God in all his ways. Don't even eat with such. But if someone doesn't claim Christ, bless them, befriend them, eat with them, break bread with them. Now, as believers, the most righteous, holy, godly, strengthening, whatever adjective you want to use, thing we can do together is eat together. That's why the, I'm so excited about the activity team and these meal gatherings coming up that they're setting up. And I don't think they're doing it intentionally because of this. I think that it's just part of the rhythm of Fresh Encounter Church. What about Wednesdays? Ross cooks up a storm every Wednesday. Why cook? Why not come and join us? You're welcome here. We have a Bible discussion afterwards. Even if you don't have kids in Awana. And the Bible discussion is very low-key. And you're never behind. It's not like we have a book or anything. It's, it's fresh every Wednesday. And you can come and you can be a part of breaking bread together with us. And then lastly, it's create and recreate. Create and recreate. The last rhythm, this is the idea of Christ's completed work. And then out of that beauty, we work and create value. Do you do that? A lot of you do, and I don't think you know you're doing it. Resting in what Christ has already done for us, not to earn, but then we go and work. Why? Out of good old-fashioned gratitude. And what do we work on? We work on creating beauty in our life. Our love language at Fresh Encounter is coffee and donuts. Is that not beautiful? Is that not creating something? It doesn't have to be just, you know, some of the, we have some great artists here. I've already met some of them. It's not, that's not, this is not just for you guys. Although, yes, you guys do a lot of that. But it's for all of us to create and recreate beauty in our lives that we don't necessarily see. And as a part of the FEC family, we will speak out living our gospel identity through everyday rhythms. Let me say that again. Don't miss this part. As part of the FEC family, we will speak of living out our gospel identity in everyday rhythms of life. Know the story. Celebrate. Listen. Bless. Suffer, eat, rest, and work. In fact, much of what we do is not meant to add things to the schedule, but bring intentionality to the things we are already doing. Now, let's go back to Romans chapter 5. Pull that back up on the screen. Thank you. Now let's read this together. And don't look at this as a checklist that all of a sudden we go from this condition to this condition, then this condition, and then this condition. Look at it as a rhythm that's coming in and out of your life, those of you who know Jesus Christ as your Savior. Because if you know Jesus as your Savior, you will have trouble in this life. Well, then why do I want Jesus? Because in the middle of that, we get something nobody else gets. We get a peace that passes all understanding. We get, it is well with you. 
Here we go. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You get that? That's pretty, pretty straightforward. You have been justified by faith if you are a born-again uh, Christian. And then now what? Now you're going to work on sanctification. You're going to start to grow in the Lord. And what do we get? We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It is well with you. Verse 2. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. You got the VIP all access pass. And so what do we do? We rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So let's stop everything and put a checklist together so that we can do everything right and judge those around us not doing things right. Said no one ever that knew what this meant. Instead, we start to live in a rhythm. We start to live in this rhythm. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance. That's not a checklist. That's not a stepping stone. That's a rhythm. And endurance produces character. That's an outpouring. That's reality. Your character is now starting to happen in this rhythm. And character produces hope. It's not like you have to suffer, get endurance, get character, and then get hope. It's kind of all happening at the same time. And here's the thing. Tomorrow, a new fresh set of problems will come. A new kind of suffering will show up. And that's going to help your rhythm of endurance which is what? Going to help your rhythm of your character in Christ. And what's that going to do? It's going to give you a hope that creates it is well with you. Verse 5, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Bada bing, bada boom. What else you need? In community, we live out the rhythms of discipleship. And we get to this level of being unconsciously competent where we don't even think about it. And if you want to know, this is the criteria you were judged on on May 7th when we were here. And we saw it. We saw that this is such an advantage over so many try-hard churches. We don't even try. We just show up and we just live for Jesus. We don't have... We don't, we don't have ushers. We just all of a sudden, hey, who wants to hand out communion? And we never not have enough people to hand out communion. Now, I mean, I understand with Joe's passing and with COVID and with everything that's happened, we need to put a little bit more structure back in place, but we don't have to go overboard because we have the rhythms here. We are unconsciously competent in community in Harlan, Iowa, and this is a special thing. Don't miss it because you've been here for a long time. This isn't like what it's like everywhere else. And because of that, we can intentionally walk in these rhythms together. We can find small groups of people that we can continue to bless. And we can be that light on a hill and reach out with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the first people we reach out to is each other. Because even if you are filled with the Holy Spirit, let me give you a little tip. You leak. Your bucket leaks. So you got to come back and be filled. And where does come back to? Come back to church service, 9.45 a.m.? Not necessarily. 
I would like that to be a big part of your life. It should be because this is the best food you're going to get all week. But when you come back to get your bucket filled, it might just be going down to milk and honey and getting a sandwich. It might be going to Pizza Ranch and getting a salad and some chicken at a place called Pizza Ranch. I don't get it, but go ahead. I'm sorry, I'm a big fan of their chicken. Um, you know, it might, be, it might just be uh, writing a card to somebody or you get a card from somebody. Some of you are going to start to receive more. I've already been doing it, but I, I, I'm not as active as I want to be because I want you to be unconsciously competent with me as your pastor first, and we're getting close. And when we get there, I'm going to start sending. I pray for a lot of you. And when I do, I want to send you a text message just to remind you of that. Why? So that you have a little bit more wind in your sail for that day, so maybe you'll do the same for somebody else. I don't know. It's just what I do. So... The conclusion of this devotional message is this. Work through the levels of consciousness with the Lord, and you can only do that by spending time with him. And then live out your life in a rhythm kind of way and not a checklist kind of way, and you will find peace, and you will find a, I don't know what the word is. It's better. It's just better. Thanks for listening to this message. To connect with us directly, go to BibleIdiots.com and look for the email address in the upper left-hand corner. We would love to hear from you. You can also connect with us on Facebook. Simply search Bible Idiots. I'm Emily Danielson, and if you like what you hear, please share this with the people in your world.